We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Ramsock Radio. This is Derek C. Paula. I'm here alongside Bunny Heads host, former Rams talk writer and current Rams wire writer Steve Ribeiro to uh, put out a shock podcast. I mean, I guess we figured once the first deal went down today, something might be brewing, but three trades one day 
a somewhat remade roster, lots of draft picks floating around. Steve, it's been a crazy one, man. How you doing? Doing great, man. Uh, over at Rams Wire, our our editor Cam De Silva messaged us at like six thirty. He was like, "I'm going to the movies. Uh, feel free to write up the Jalen Ramsey article when it happens, like as a joke." Uh, <laughs> and then it happened, and then I had to write it, and then he comes out a joke, or he's like, "Yep, here we are." Uh, but yeah, man, it was a crazy day. I'm I'm devastated that we lost my favorite player on the team, but uh, all for the better, I guess. All for the better. Like, Marcus Pierce was your favorite guy? Seriously? Love him. He had the best player on the team, but I, I love that guy, man. He's great. He's in our podcast intro. Well, he's hilarious. That's what he is. He's fun, the, the, I'll never forget the shrug in the press conference. One of the more colorful colorful guys you're going to have in uniform for you. And the Rams will play him again in November. They're going to face down Marcus Peters. Indeed. That'll be fun. There we go. What kind of secrets will Marcus Peters share? Hopefully it's a totally different offense by then, quite frankly. But we'll find out. The trades, folks, the big one, Jalen Ramsey. Coming over from Jacksonville, In the price is steep. Two first-round picks, the 2021-2020, a fourth-round pick as well. Steep one. Uh, you know, with a team that has some huge, huge salary cap pitches coming up, that is a massive, absolutely massive price to pay. Will it be worth it? We're going to talk about that. It all began today with Austin Corbett going from the Browns to the Rams in exchange for a fifth-round pick in the 2021 draft. The, Brand- the Rams are just trading draft picks away for 2021, man. They're just saying, screw all this. I'm serious. Like, the whole draft class is gone. Okay. Um, looking at the second trade, we just mentioned it. Marcus Peters going to the Ravens for Kenny Young, linebacker in a fourth-rounder back to the Rams. It is that trade where people are like, you know, wait, wait, hold on a minute. Something's going on because they don't trade Marcus Peters with the key to leave gone. But it made sense in a way you're thinking the Rams are three and three. They are in a position where maybe they start thinking, let's go ahead and clear some stuff out, play some guys, start preparing maybe a slight tank in the year, not pushing too hard. And then, the rumors start swirling some more, starts hearing whispers, and all of a sudden, Jalen Ramsey's a Ram. What was your initial response to all these trades? I, I definitely was in the camp of when the when the Marcus Peters trade happened that something else had to be coming, you know, because Kenny Young, no disrespect to him, I, I think he'll help out our rotation a little bit, but that's clearly a cap dump trade to me, unless Peters did something to really piss somebody off, which... As much of a hothead as he is, I think he was really a beloved guy in the locker room and on on, on the team. So, you know, when that goes down, you're like, it, something's got to be coming. Because I, who would even start at cornerback if the Ramsey trade didn't happen? David David Long hasn't been active for a single game this year. Tlaib's on the IR. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Troy Hill. What's what? Troy Hill, you move Coleman out, Roby Coleman outside, and Roby Coleman's pretty much a slot guy. It would have been brutal unless they suddenly want to, you know, yeah. release David Long <laughs> to the world. They've been hiding him the they, whole time. They might have had to. I, I remember Troy Hill. I was trying to remember Darius Williams' name. I, I keep forgetting which corner we kept out of, like, the 19 that were pretty good in the preseason. Uh, but, yeah, man. So, I love Peters. I was a little devastated. But I, I got it if something was coming. And then we get Ramsey. And, look, I, I've been on the side that – your window closes quickly in the NFL. 
And I think the Rams kind of felt felt that window closing a little bit. They go out, they make this trade. Uh, obviously, it is a steep price, but if you get the Ramsey of old, uh, this season has been he has been great. But obviously, uh, it's a complicated season for him. He hasn't really wanted to be there. The team's not good. I have faith that he'll come in and be well. And I think as long as you're able to lock him up and keep him long term. I'm okay with giving up those two picks. And if all goes well, they should be in the 20s. In the 20s? In terms of what? Where you mean the, where the draft pick would have been? Where the draft, where the draft pick picks would have been? Where draft picks will be, yeah. Yeah. For 2020, 2021. There is some really interesting numbers that go with this. Turf Show Times, give them credit, they've really been plowing through the numbers today. And we're going to go through some of them and realize. I want I want folks to back up a little bit and think about the contracts that are coming up in terms of 2020 and 2021. I'm talking Brandon Cooks. Yes, he's. I said that name. Were you thinking he's signed long term? Where there's some outs there. Same for Todd Gurley. There are outs in some of these guys' contracts that make things become a little more clear about possible long term plans for the Rams. And we also want to look at. The immediate problems before then, 2020 and 2021, before those off-seasons really go into gear, how this affects the team. Before we do, we want to remind you this this podcast is sponsored by Jim Hawk over there at this Book Hollywood team. We'll get more into that one later. And, folks, we're still at it. We're plowing away at the whole idea of getting the 200 five-star reviews on Apple Music. We've had this contest going since before Steve Ribeiro was born. It is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got to go at it. All right. We will, that, we was will a, that was not a fart. That was a laugh, by the way. <laughs> All right. I feel like that's what you thought it was. You don't have to edit it out. No, I didn't do that. We can't edit it out. We're live. Hey, folks, we're live. Uh, I thought that's so, what you said. No, 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 no. I, I did not. You're the one that said that, not me. I, didn't, I wasn't thinking it. I didn't think anything of terms of your bodily functions, man. You're nasty. Okay. All right. All right. Bowling. Continue. Okay. So, folks. Apple Music wants to 205 star reviews. One lucky winner will receive. We, we up the ante. Remember that? A personalized jersey over there from NFLShot.com. Hopefully, you're getting a Rams jersey. That better be right. So, this is how it works. Head over to Apple Music, leave a five star review, send us an email to ramstalk1945 at gmail.com with a copy of your entry so we know who is entering this contest. And then we'll also read your feedback on the year. The plan was and still is to read feedback for this week on tomorrow's show. This is a special Rams Talk Radio just because of the trades. Also, with all that in mind, if you have feedback for the show, if you want to give us your take, if you want to see certain things improve, please, please send us that feedback as well to ramstalk1945gmail.com. You know, some people don't want to leave a lower than five-star review, and we actually really appreciate that. So if you have feedback instead to help us be better, we'll always listen. All right, so... Let's back this up and go chronological because when the day started, we didn't see this coming. We thought maybe something was coming soon. They're going to make some kind of decisions for this roster, but today was the day the shoe dropped. First trade, Rams sent a 2021 fifth-round pick to the Cleveland Browns for offensive lineman Austin Corbett. Did you even remember him at all when he got drafted? <laughs> Honestly, not really, man. I I am a self-proclaimed not draft guy, so I don't really look too into the draft. But, uh, as far as this trade goes, it's a pretty low risk move. I mean, 
fifth round picks, you like to have them if you trade one. If you trade one to take a chance on a guy who's a second round pick last year uh, and the thirty third pick to boot, I, I think it's a no brainer, especially considering where we're at with the offensive line right now. Well, the thing about him in terms of attributes, though, what makes him the kind of guy the Rams would want are the certain things that he put out there coming out of college. If you look at his actual draft prospect, his his profile on NFL.com, it really breaks down what he is. And this is what we saw. Our guys looked at him. We thought there was a possibility that Corbett could wind up becoming a Ram. The course instead, Lesney decided to play trade your picks away. But he has size. He's versatile. He can be a guard or a center. Not a center. A center. He is intelligent. These are the things the Rams need right now. They need guys who can pick up and move around very quickly on the line. You need a guard. You need a center. You need a right guard. We need you to tackle. Okay, so right now, he's that kind of guy that yeah, he didn't work out in Cleveland. He didn't work out at all in Cleveland. He should have worked out, being that second-round guy, the hard worker that he is. But sometimes it comes down to scheme. Sometimes it comes down to whether or not you work well with your coach. And I guess Aaron Cromer's reputation has taken a little bit of a hit this year, but he still has an overall reputation of being a guy who can develop offensive linemen and the guy with a second-round pedigree, a late first-round pedigree. I think that tells you enough right there. I think it really does. It, it's kind of ironic. It's kind of ironic that we just traded for a Browns lineman, and who couldn't get a job starting when they have two X Rams starting on their offensive line. And it's a really bad offensive line, by the way. Cleveland's yeah. offensive line is, is almost as bad as the Rams' offensive line. But sometimes it comes down to your scheme. Sometimes it comes down to personalities, and sometimes it just comes down to a, a, a fresh start. And so I have no idea how this is turning out. But you know what the Rams get out of this? They get Three and a half more seasons of control if they want it before they even have to, you know, this guy, if they can develop him, he could be a cheap alternative down the line for this team. Yeah. Why not? And, totally. And Brian Allen is has been bad. Uh, Jamil Demby is, according to Pro Football Focus, the worst offensive lineman in the league. Uh, his, his pass blocking grade, I mentioned this on Twitter and on our pod yesterday, is a 3.2. I've never seen a single digit grade on that website in any circumstance. Uh, so you need to bring in somebody who could at least potentially take one of those spots or just be depth because uh, we have no depth whatsoever. So this is a guy, it, it's a relatively low-risk move. Like you said, you get cost control if it works out, and the guys who are there aren't aren't doing the job right now. So you bring in a guy who potentially could, and if he doesn't, you have you have depth for a couple of years. Worst comes to worst, he's, he's a depth guy. And he's a guy that you can work with and maybe get something out of. In terms of that Demby thing, I, mean, I remember last year, it's ironic that Demby was drafted the same draft that Corbett was. The thing that everybody fell in love with, with Demby on was just how physically strong he was coming out of Maine. This guy was just this bull. This guy who was supposed to be it's just this bully. And instead he's, I mean, Tommy mentioned on the show, he's, been, he's a guy who has shown a complete inability to block anybody or anything, especially in the past. That's horrible. My gosh, man. I, I saw your tweet and I thought, that's a typo, right? Steve Steve put a typo in there. But part of it, I, I really honestly I put on the Rams. The Rams 
for as much as their reputation has been in terms of developing an offensive line in the last couple of years, and I think it's something that's well deserved. They, let's it. I mean, we gotta admit this. They wet the bed on this, guys. There was well, we've talked about this. I'm, I'm sure you've talked about it. Uh, I had a, I had a big rant on that last night, and I listened <laughs> to your show, and I definitely echoed your thoughts. I mean, look, we, I think people were hesitant to say like. We trusted Allen and Noteboom because of how much the front office and the coaching staff seemed to trust them. No, I don't. None. Of, I don't think any of us were going to sit. We're sitting here saying like, when they drafted Brian Allen, this guy is the truth. He's going to be the future. I think this summer we just kind of expected that him and Noteboom would be decent at their jobs because the Rams chose not to bring in any depth behind them whatsoever. They passed up on good prospects in the first or mm-hmm. in the late yeah. first and then in the second round of that draft. They moved back twice. Uh, they could have had playable guys in both of those spots, and they didn't add any depth. Jamil Demby, I mean, I, I, I hate bashing the guy so much, but like we saw that he didn't look good in the preseason, and he was our first man off the bench. And it's just the front office and the staff deserve as much blame for this not working as the line does themselves i mean they couldn't have predicted rob havenstein and austin Blythe would fall off a cliff on the right side but they should have been able to foresee that these guys wouldn't be that good well the thing about the offensive line though even with big wit all their numbers are down and the reason is yeah. if you have two bad sections of your offensive line usually the rest of the offensive line will, will follow suit and it's going to be all bad so we have no idea how good havenstein would be right now if it wasn't for the problems in the interior we have no idea what Big Wits numbers would be if he had his same group from last year. And I, I do want to note this as well. I know we're hard on Allen and Nopum. Allen has shown signs that he has the ability to get it. Okay, he can get He's shown specific moments in games where he's been solid. The Seattle game is an example of that. For same for Nopum. Okay. Nopum was coming along. It was slow, but he was getting it. He was grasping it. And that's the shame of all of it. Really, that's the whole shame. Is I really believe of all those linemen we're talking about that are that are young on the team, including Blythe, because he's young experience-wise, Nopum this year was the one who was starting to come around. And that's the real tragedy right there. You just lost a guy for close to a year. And you might he might not come back the same. We have no idea how his body's going to react to that new, that new ACL. He tore the MCL, the ACL. You know that's that's a train wreck of an injury for a three hundred pound dude. So just as Nopum was getting it, he's gone. Demby, the Rams gave him last year. They they let him go via the Lions route. They get him back. Where's his development? Where where is what you saw? in your evaluations. And before people say, well, Demby is horrible, like we all say, you know, the word coming out during the draft in 2018 for a lot of these guys were, you know, the word is good. The evaluations are good. That these are these are good, solid picks. Numerous experts could comment on that. We had guys looking at it and, and saying, you know what, this, this looks interesting here. This could be something. So before you're like, well, the Rams are, are evaluated horribly, sometimes they don't work. But it's not about evaluating college at the point. It's, it's about it's about getting these guys ready. It's about developing them now. You're going to have them all sit. You're going to have your starters, no boom and Allen, sitting preseason. They need to be forming a rapport with Blythe and Havistein. Man, that's on you. That's not on the players. That's on you. 
this, the coaching staff. It's yep. a horrible decision. They're human. And I mean, though. people were devastated when they caught Demby too last year. So it's not like it was. It's not like the word on him was always bad. Uh, no. It definitely was this summer, but it definitely wasn't last year. Yeah, I was one of the guys. I was I was unhappy that because he has all the physical tools to be good. Not great, maybe, but good. He could be a guy who can be a, a potential starter. But some of that stuff in the head. Tommy mentioned Saffold. Remember Saffold and how he kept getting hurt? And, and I mean, we we were hard on Roger Saffold. Everybody was. The guy got he was a softy, right? By the time he left, he was a chiseled machine. One of the more beloved Rams on the roster. He had everybody's respect, yours, mine, everybody. They saw this guy fight for his NFL career. Well, Demby, Allen, these guys are actually already, to me, fighting for their NFL careers. Yeah, and I, I got to say, I, I don't really agree with your assessment on Allen. I do on Nopum. Uh, I think he will be a good enough. I think he'll become a starter, but Allen's mistakes have been brutal. And I mean, you mentioned the Seattle game. What I remember from Allen from the Seattle game was when he didn't snap the ball with 20 seconds left in the game. I know it's one mistake, and it's silly to pinpoint one mistake, but I have never seen that in my, like, 15 years of playing and watching football. I never saw that in high school, somebody just not snapping the ball in that situation. I understand it, the criticism there. I'm just saying – I'm not even going to argue it. I'm just saying go back and spend some time watching the film. You're going to see there is some improvement there with Allen. But, you know, if you really want to have Allen getting somewhere potential-wise, especially because center is just so hard to play – you need to have him in there with that unit all the time, and all the time means preseason. He needed that time, and you sent him home instead. You being the right. coaching staff, so I mean, I, I I'd say just go back and watch the film. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that you're wrong overall. I mean, you make a great point. That was a play he needed. He needed to be there snapping the ball. That's a mental game right there. But the overall, I saw improvement in terms of watching him coming off the ball, watching him perform. On the same token, he's the one that pushed the opposing player into no boom and got hurt the other day. Yep. I mean, where's his your mistakes? Head I his mistakes have been have been rough. Uh, they they've been rough. Well, and that's usually the case with a center. It's to me, a center and a left a left tackle. A center and left tackle to me are your crucial ones. That left hand blind side. If you if you botch it, you're screwed. The center, whether it's getting that initial ball snapped. Or the push, guarding that center gap, you know, I those to me are hugely important. And you can't be, you can't play even if you are rook, you can't play like one at center. You can't. You can't. Let alone playing like a backup. That's what. Let's be honest. That's what he's been for much of the year. He's played like a backup, not a starter. And that's and it ta- takes a lot to make us miss John Sullivan because he wasn't good last year, but he was better. Well, Somehow. and and Sully will what really happened with Sully? Sully was fine for much of the year, but he wore out. He's old. Yeah. He was old. His body just you know, and that's not really criticism of him at all. Okay, so I did have this plan before. I'm going to wait really quick. Take a quick, quick break from this segment. We're going to move over to Marcus Pierce in a second. We'll be right back. 
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. All right, before we talk about the Marcus Peters trade, we're going to hear, we may hear some tears flowing from the eyes of Steve Ribeiro here. We do want to throw a shout out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk. He wrote this book, Hollywood Teen, Great Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some stories. Father and team played for an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about plays with Norman Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Sirs, Tom Freeze, and Les Richter in the story spin the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available in hardback and electronic form at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. The paperback's been delayed a little bit, but here, this is kind of neat. They're redoing the book for the spring involving all of the brothers talking about their dad. I just talked to Jimmy about this yesterday. So there's some neat twists coming about the relationship that family has with the Rams, and that's something that we've talked about more recently as well. So keep that in mind. I've read this book. Steve's read this book. It's well worth the proceeds. Go to Homeboy Industries. I don't have much else to say. Great read. Check it out. Hollywood Teen, Great Glamour, and the 1950s these Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. So are you okay, Steve? Are you holding this together now? You survived well, this. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I I know Marcus Peters is he he's a very inconsistent, shaky, polarizing player, but I love him so much. Uh, I I don't know if he would be like if I ranked my favorite players on the team, he wouldn't be an undisputed one, but he would have been top tier. Uh, the sound bites just do not stop with this guy. They're all great. Uh, he he really bounced back last year from that brutalizing performance against Michael Thomas to kind of being a huge part of the NFC championship and shutting down the receivers in that game. Uh, Thomas, I believe had 36 yards in the NFC championship. Uh, he just, I, I think that we didn't appreciate him enough on and off the field while he was here and he wasn't perfect. Uh, we gave, we paid a pretty hefty price to get him, but I, I enjoyed everything he brought to the table last year, and he, I loved having him, and I'll miss him. I, we upgraded, but I'll definitely miss him. The thing about Marcus Peters is when he makes a play, it's always thrilling. The interception last game out, thrilling play. The moment yeah. he catches that ball, every single time he has a chance of running it back. Every single time. The problem with Marcus Peters was that he – is a purely instinctual player. He wants he's better in zone. He's the guy who will go take the risks. And the Rams wanted to play more man. That's what it comes down to. In the end, the Rams wanted to play more man, and they need to play more man. If they can keep guys covered, if they can keep them covered, then that pass rush is not as big a concern. Because you're who you're going to get your receivers to. So Marcus Peters, the trade there, it makes a lot of sense. It clears cap space. We've talked about this before. I'm sure you have as well. He wasn't coming back next year. They weren't bringing him back. He was going to be asking for a price they weren't going to pay. So it makes a lot of sense if you can make the move to move, make the move. They get a player back in Kenny Young, 
who's controllable, a guy maybe they can develop, a guy who was a four-star recruit to UCLA who showed speed and athleticism going all the way through his college years. It gets to his being a senior and struggles for some reason. He's had tragedy in his life. And then he gets to the NFL, plays 16 games for the Ravens last year, plays this year fairly well. And he's at least a guy like you mentioned, a guy that can be depth and maybe they can, he can be a special teamer with his speed. Not, with his speed is off the chain. He could be a guy that can contribute to this team in very different ways. The Rams are always looking for guys who can make a difference on special teams, especially if Corey Littleton's playing more in the middle. You're not going to want a lot of special teams too. So that may be an underrated player acquisition. Oh, and they get a draft pick back too, by the way. That's kind of nice. Yeah. And uh, people have pointed out that if we wrote it out with Peters, we would get a draft pick eventually. We'd get compensatory. So we get a fifth round pick this year. So if if we didn't, or if the Jalen Ramsey pin didn't drop and we just made this trade and didn't bring in another high profile player, I wouldn't like it, even though he's walking. Uh, I think in, because of the compensatory selections and because, you know, we shouldn't just be folding. Uh, you don't make this trade unless you know or have a good feeling that something's going to follow it right after. Uh, but in terms of Kenny Young, yeah, I think it's, it's a fine addition. It's a position that we are thin at. Uh, Bryce Hager, Troy Reader, those guys haven't been very good. They've been, they've been all right at times. But uh, Kenny Young, he's, he's a guy that can, he's versatile. You mentioned the special teams. At worst, he'll contribute on that. And at best, he could take over the starting linebacker role. I don't. I don't think it's light. I don't know how likely it is, but that's a very weak position. I mean, outside of offensive line, that position, that second linebacker spot, is probably the weakest spot on the team right now. So it's he'll have a chance to contribute. And I wouldn't be shocked if coming out of the bye week, he's lining up next to Corey Littleton. The thing about Young that we're seeing here is that the ability's always been there. There's just been something going on in terms of where the draft, the profile, let's just say that, his profile shows where the skills were, what his abilities were, and what really hurt him was his senior year. And he just kind of fell off the map. And and seemed uh, one scout, as per the draft report, and I'm paraphrasing here, said he actually regressed in terms of his instincts. There's a lot of reasons for that. Instincts are instincts. You don't just suddenly forget them. Something happened. It, then he gets to the NFL. He makes a team. He was, at that point, we came in, projected as a seventh-round pick or lower. And the Ravens take a chance on him. He plays well for them. He makes a team. He does something for them. So you never know what you're going to get with him. He, going back to L.A., being close to where he went to, went to college and, and getting to play under Wade Phillips, and I don't think Wade's going to coach forever, but at least for the next year or so, you never know what – might come up with this, especially when the Rams do have a needed middle linebacker. Maybe, just maybe, he's a guy that can become something a little more than we expected. Could be a very underrated trade in the long run. I'm being positive, yeah. there, right? That's 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 a positive outlook. Yeah, that's man. Little- and if you in and basically, I think this trade is mainly a cap dump uh, to upgrade Peters to Jalen Ramsey, but you, you get. Kenny Young out of it and you get a pick. I mean, yeah, it's it is what it is. It's fine. In in a vacuum, I don't think it's a good trade in everything that happened today. It's it's a good trade. It's a trade they need to make. And you never know. 
Like they even got a draft pick back, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody really Yeah, nobody really wins cap dump trades as a team giving up the best player. But yeah, you get a fifth round pick, uh, and you get Kenny Young, who is a guy who who might who might be a player. He might be. We'll find out. At the very least, special teams guy. That's reading his feet anyways. Okay. Now we move on to the big one. Dun dun dun. The trade that we was rumored, we never thought would happen because you had to clear a ton of space, and it happened. The Rams get Jalen Ramsey for the 2020 first round, the 2021 first round, and a fourth rounder. They have control over him for the next two years, possibly beyond. You, I asked you before, and I'm going to get a little bit deeper. What can you tell us about Jalen Ramsey? What can you tell you? What can you tell us about the actual deal itself? Is it worth the two picks? Philson. I mean, if you get that 2017 Jalen Ramsey, that was the anchor of the best defense in the NFL of a team that carry a defense that carried Blake Bortles to the AFC championship and everything kind of blew up after that. But if you're getting that guy, I think it's absolutely worth it. Uh, he hasn't been as good. He wasn't as good last year, but he was still still a very good player. Still made the pro bowl. Uh, he's, he talks a big game, but he really, for the most of the most part walks the walk hasn't been phenomenal this year but you know it's it's been complicated obviously it's kind of uh like Vince Carter leaving Toronto type situation he didn't want to be there he he wasn't going to go out there and risk it all for for a team that's not good that he doesn't want to be a part of I think you lock him up and I think if he comes back into form even if he's not as good as he was in 2017 but is close to it I think it's worth moving the first round picks just because and I think I mentioned this at the top of the show, your window closes so quickly. You have guys in their primes, good players. Well, uh, Goff needs to get back to what his prime was and not whatever he's doing right now. But assuming that happens, you got Aaron Donald, you got Cooks, you got Woods, you got Cup, you got uh, Todd Gurley, who the, the, I think he's still 90% of what he was last year, but the clock is obviously ticking. You push your chips on the table and you try to make it happen. And even if that doesn't happen, say, this year, I think you make this trade because you still want to get to the playoffs. If you can get to the playoffs, all you got to do is win four games. And I know it's easier said than done, but crazy crazy shit happens in the NFL playoffs. Uh, and you, you take a chance, you bring Jalen Ramsey, and it's going to give your team a spark that you need. And long term, I mean, look, this guy is incredibly young. He's incredibly talented. Uh, he, he has another year left on his contract, so you don't have to lock him up today. And we'll see what happens next offseason. He might demand an extension. I think it, it could be worth it. And I think a big and underrated aspect that the Rams are banking on is I think they think this cap is going to blow up in 2021 with the, when the new TV deal comes up. Because I, I look at that Tyler Higby contract, and I look at the fact that they added an extra year to Johnny Hecker's contract that ended in 2022. And I don't think you make either of those moves if you don't expect a big spike in the cap because you look at the 2020 and 2021 books, Tyler Higby's in there at $8.6 million is not great. Uh, you have to think that things are going to come up. But I think it's the right move, and I think it keeps the window open it, theoretically for the next two years at least. You have all these good players under contracts. You might as well upgrade while you can. And we watched the Rams suck for 13 years. Push all the chips in the table, man. We'll rebuild later. The only concern I would have with that is going to be offensive line. Did you get enough help? They're probably not. So 
that is the downside to what we're talking about. You you are so talented at all these skill position players. Before we even saw this trade happen, just on Sunday night for the postgame show, I said it, and I'll say it again. You put the Rams' skill position players up on, this, on a stage somewhere and try and have another NFL team match up with them skill position player-wise. It's not going to happen. There's no team to me deeper at the skill positions right now in the NFL than the Rams. But that means you're paying a price somewhere, and that's in the trenches. Both offensive line, and you know what? Defensive line. Other than Brockers, who is... I, I, you're, I know, we all like Michael Brockers, but I think he's not performed what his, what his first-round status equates to. Aaron Donald, the rest of you guys on this defensive line in our fourth rounds and below... Most of them lack experience. Most of them are not what you would consider steady stars by any stretch of the imagination. Our trench stuff is paying the price. Middle linebacker pays the price. So the Rams are, are really going all out and trying to find the skill. I just don't know. I mean, are they? is it possible they're not even done? Is it possible that they are going to even try and add some more offensive line help? It, there's there's rumors that they're still in the talks for Trent Williams. I don't know how how credible these rumors are, but I have seen it that somebody tweeted that they're bidding with the Browns right now. I don't know if it's a credible rumor, but it's a rumor that exists. I mean, the Browns are going to have more capital there in terms of, of draft pick space. Yeah, so, for mean, sure. I, I don't see that happening. I, I would just say, in terms of what the Rams are doing, it's a huge risk, and I don't blame them. In today's world, you have to make those risks. But looking at the salary cap looking forward, I think you have to because you have the next two years after this. We're talking 2020 and 2021. Your cap changes a lot. For example, next year, Jared Goff, 2020, his cap numbers change dramatically. He's got a $36 million cap hit next year. A $51 million dead cap. Aaron Donald, $25 million cap hit. Todd Gurley, cap hit, 17.2. Cook, 16.8. Now you add in Ramsey, a straight 13.7. And by the way, I'm seeing like Turf Show is making a big deal out of this. They're really hitting the Rams on this. They don't like, it's clear they don't like the deal. I think it's pretty obvious to me if you're going to spend two draft picks, that's, and as they point out, 10 first-round controllable years at minimum, I think the intention here is to sign him long-term. I, I said the same oh, about yeah. Peters, too, by the way, but Peters didn't live up to it, and they paid less for Peters. Two first-round picks, dude. Is it To me, it's clear they're going to try and sign him long-term, period. Yeah, Peters, was he was really good in his peak year, but he wasn't Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. He was, he's always going to be... High risk, high reward. Ramsey's just a straight, a straight shut down corner. So to me, you, when you're talking about Ramsey, just might as well mark it down now. They're going to pay him, and the, how they're going to pay him is to me pretty simple as well. Because if you look at those, if you look at the actual roster set up for 2020 and 2021, Cooks has an out. Gurley, there's an out there for Gurley. Let me pull up Gurley's out right now. I believe it's after. The roster potential cut. You're sorry. Potential outs 2022. 
But in reality, if you want to take a little bit of heat, you can get out in 2021. The dead cap is still high, but it's it's not as bad as it is now. I mean, right now his dead cap is $34 million. In 2021, his dead cap is 8.4. That's something they can they can handle. Okay. You can look at Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, his dead cap right now, this season, 36 mil. Next season after 2020, 21.8. Guess what though? After that, it's a potential out in 2021. So there's options there for the Rams if they want to begin making some moves, if they want to pay people, but they have to wait a couple years. So they're kind of stuck where they are, as top-heavy as they are. Even with Higby, right? You mentioned Higby. Higby, his contract, has a potential out after 2020. After 2020, for 2021, you have a 1.8 dead cap. Because it's a two-year deal. Still a wild extension to me, man. Uh, you know, I think you really made a point that was very intelligent, and I, I hadn't thought about it. I Like, literally, seconds before you said it, saw somebody on Twitter. I think it may have actually been Turf Show, because I was reading through their thread there. Somebody there commented that the CBA. I think we may see some major changes to the CBA. There's a lot of things the owners want. There's been talks about going to a 17-game season, which, to me, I uh, I have oppose an 18 game season. I oppose all these things for every single reason we see every year just in week one alone. How many major injuries happen in week one, week two, week three? I mean, look at the Rams injury list now. Yeah, I, I totally am not on board for making but, more games. But money is money is money is money. Well, if that's the case, then the league has to get something back. What do they get back? Up in that salary cap. That's how you get it back. That's up that salary cap. I've been a strong proponent. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure you've we've talked about it a little bit, but to me, if you develop a homegrown player, why are teens being punished by developing those players? Yep, that's a, that's the the way the NBA does it. You can go over the cap to sign players you can already have, and a lot of teams get around it by trading for guys while they're still on their contract and getting the rights that the teams that would have drafted them have. But at the same time, that helps the teams that are trading them because you're getting assets back instead of just losing the guy for nothing. Yeah, but you're not getting back what you put in. No, but at the same time, you're getting back something. You know what I mean? And I, I just like it because you're, you reward teams for good management. You reward teams for drafting and acquiring good players. And that you you can go over the cap a little bit to you're, keep those guys. You, hold on, you're talking about the NBA, correct? Make yeah, sure. yeah, correct. I'm saying yeah, just that's that what bottom. I've been advocating for. That's what I've been advocating for is a system like that. I would call the the homegrown the homegrown exemption. That's how I would, I would rate it. And to me, if it, if that player is homegrown, you are allowed to go over that cap for that player to keep him, or if you let him go, you get your compensation. Right, yeah, because quarterbacks screw up every team's caps once you have to pay them, but at the same time, everybody's going to pay them. And if teams stop paying quarterbacks and the quarterbacks stop being as good, and the the league hurts for me. I, I think hopefully in the next CBA they do find a way around that. But just to me, the biggest thing that struck me was they just randomly added an extra year to Johnny Hecker's contract that was ending in like in 20, 2022. So that just it kind of confused me why that negotiation was even happening. 
Well, no, I think we know. I think you made a great point. Uh, some people are catching. I think we're going to see a, a major change to salary cap structure come 2021. And it needs to happen no matter what, honestly. It, it these you're seeing teams to you're seeing teams get punished very easily. You're holding back player salaries, and these guys are putting their bodies on the line. You want to add more games. You want to go over overseas more. You got to change them. You got to change them. And this, and this is not just because, hey, we're talking about the Rams. The Rams are going to be in trouble come 2021. The Rams are going to be fine. There are a few teams in the league that handle their salary cap as well as the Rams do. And this goes back even to when Devaney was in charge. Because it wasn't Devaney. These are the people in the background, the people who manage just the money side of it. Their contracts have always been written in a way where they can shift money around very easily. If the Rams need money, they almost always find it. They're like a magic genie back there in the front office. I'm not worried about it. But what I am worried about, Steve, I'm worried about those draft picks. That's a lot of draft capital. When you need cheap labor, when you need yeah. players who are young, and that puts the onus, that really puts the onus on Les Need and his staff. They cannot fail. They have to nail the draft every year. They just have to. At, at the same time, though, look at we haven't made a first round pick since Jared Goff. Uh, last, this was the year to make one in 2019 to get a guy at 31 that you keep cap controlled for a couple years, and we moved back to 61. We moved back twice, uh, and we mentioned that I mentioned I'm butting heads to the guys. There was a lot of linemen available at 31, and then even at 45 when we had that pick, Eric McCoy, who's the starting center on the Saints right now and playing pretty damn well, was available there, and they kept moving back. So since they've hired Sean McVay, they really haven't even wanted to draft, it seems like. Uh, they, they've they continuously traded first and second round picks to get guys that are, are proven to be good players. You And some have worked out, some have didn't, but I don't think anything has really fallen apart drastically. Uh, they like look at the guy the guys we've had in the last couple of years. Sammy Watkins was a second round pick, I believe. Marcus Peters we got for a second round pick. Brandon Cooks we got for a first. Jalen Ramsey now we get for two first. Uh, Dante Fowler we got for a third. They haven't been afraid to make these moves in the past. It's not shocking that they did it again. At some point, might come back to haunt us. It's already coming back to haunt us a little bit with this offensive line right now. But yeah, I do think you make the moves to get proven talent because all the guys we've gotten have been good at worst. Uh, and Cooks, I think, has been really good for us. And I think Ramsey will be as well. On the flip side of that, just to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, with these young guys – Right now, on the on the roster, guys who will have to play a lot this year, you're going to hope and pray they can develop under Cromer's who lives the rest of the year. They're going to be have minimal room come off season. However, when you have all these skill position players that they have, and what do you need? You need offensive line help. There will be free agents out there who will take a pay cut to come play for the Rams both on the offensive line and defensive line. And I'm willing to bet the Rams are counting on that a little bit. We've already seen veterans take pay cuts come play for the Rams. Yeah. That's going to happen. Will those veterans match up with what the Rams want? I would think so because the Rams know exactly what they want. So that's an advantage. Being good and having skill position players 
on that roster does help the Rams, especially when they're in a hole where they are in the trenches. So that's kind of the silver lining. We're talking about the salary cap and how much trouble they're actually in. Yeah, they're in trouble in 2020 and 2021, but it's not as bad as people think because the way they structure their contracts and the fact that veterans will take cuts to come play for them. They'll take huge cuts. Huge cuts. We saw it with with Clay Matthews, and we saw it with Eric Weddle. We saw it with Connor Barwin in the past, too. Mm-hmm. And that was back even the, when Barwin signed. No, nobody thought the Rams were going 11-5 that year except for Johnny. No. Sue, even Sue, I mean, it, he was still got a pretty hefty payday, but I think he could have gotten more that summer and with more years. Yeah, he took $6 million cut to go to the Rams, and kind of wish you had him this year, but... Uh, I'd love him this year. All right, so I think we covered everything on short notice. We'll take some time. We'll digest, and we'll be back soon enough again. Any final thoughts, Steve, as we get out of here? No, really, man. I'll miss Marcus Peters. I might have to edit my show intro, but I didn't get honor him. I'm going to leave it for the rest of the year. Uh, But it was... Hey, when the when the Rams start making trades, it's like everybody stops for a little bit. And I think this is, what, the third straight year where we've just gone a little wild uh, in the offseason and started making crazy trades. Oh, this was midseason, I guess. Uh, you got to love it, man. It's, it's a far cry from the old front office. You mentioned they always took care of their money. And they have, but part of the reason was because they didn't have any players to give money to. So and now we do, and we're just making all these moves, and it's fun. It's it's an exciting time to be a Rams fan. And look, we've been spoiled for the last two years with really good teams. Now we're facing some adversity. Let's see how they dig out of it. Let's see. Worst comes to worst, you come back retooled for next year with an offensive line that's more experienced, with guys that you develop this year. That's what you have to hope. And if not, if these guys don't develop, like we said before. Free agency will be there, and you will find veterans who will sign on the cheap. So yep. it's not the end of the world if the Rams take a little bit of a, a step back this year. It it hurts a little bit. You're going to have Jalen Ramsey next year. You're going to enter next season with him as, on your roster. So it's not the end of the world. One thing I do want to note, a couple people have commented this. They don't like the team trading. This is, And these are my final thoughts. They don't like the team trading away first-round picks. First-round picks... I mean, go back and look at the 2014 draft. Go back and look at the Rams' past draft picks, 2008, 2009, 2010, all those first-rounders. How many of those pan out? How many of them do? Not, not t- all of them. So, and I think that's it's part of why they're, they're obviously super valuable assets. And if you're a team rebuilding, you want those picks. You get to take shots at guys that you think are going to be great players. Uh, for teams that are contending – it's it's better to get the guys that you know are good, or in Jalen Ramsey's case, pretty great, than take a shot at somebody who's going to be great because every year guys don't work out. And we've, we've had guys that have not worked out. You mentioned 2014. That's a great year for us because we got Aaron Donald. We also took Greg Robinson two overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. we, 2013, Tavon Austin at eight. Uh, I believe Alec Ogletree was at the end of those that draft. Yeah, Ogletree nice. was all right. Tavon Austin wasn't. Was he 2013? I believe it was the same draft. They moved up to get him, too. Yep. And I think, uh, yeah, we moved up to Tavon. It was not a good choice. 
Uh, Ogletree, though, I don't want to do an Alec Ogletree podcast, but I thought he was more or less a success for the team. Leadership-wise, he was. In terms of his limitations, Like they, they didn't play in the right position as it was. I'm going to say this, though, too. If you get Ramsey, he fits into the culture, you sign him long-term, he's worth the two picks. Absolutely. He's worth it. So folks are upset about it. You have every right to complain if he doesn't work out and the Rams don't re-sign him. At this point, when you when you put that much capital into him, you got to re-sign him. He's, he's going to be in the Rams' long-term plans now. And you know Look, what? Ben. Do it. <laughs> yeah, you put you build the you it's a top heavy team, but uh when you got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, uh Aaron Donald probably the most feared defensive player in the league. Jalen Ramsey might be the most feared defensive player in the league as a position. You can figure out the rest. You can get vets, you could get draft pick rookies, undrafted guys. We've had success with all, all at all positions on defense, just finding guys on the margins. Uh, it, I think you, you make the trade and you build the team around the studs. Uh, it'll be tougher. You got to nail your draft picks, which you'll have in limited amounts. But uh, the guys at the top are really good players. Uh, Goff needs to, to get it together a little bit. Part of that's on the line. Part of that's on him. Part of that's on McVeigh even a little bit. But assuming that this year is an anomaly in a good career, we'll be fine. Well, all right, folks, time for us to go. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Steve at Steve Ribeiro. Don't forget the, the Rams Talk Twitter page at Talk Rams or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. We also have the Rams Talk Room. We always put our stuff in there. You can find us on Apple Music. Don't forget that contest told you about on Spreaker. We're pretty much everywhere, guys. So all that in mind, we'll see you later this week for the big preview podcast for the Falcons. Hopefully that's a win. We're out of here. Take it easy. type of drama where else does history hang from the rafters Jalen Brown throws it down. where else is your own city home to your biggest rival the battle of the lake is real people and 30 feet is still in range Hurry, action. where else can a city this loud be this slept on where else is history still in the making oh my goodness. where else the NBA only here season begins December 22nd on ABC ESPN TNT and NBA TV this episode is sponsored by schwans.com What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.